Right on cue, my phone rings. Right as the Pewter Report podcast is starting. Um, I just want to let everybody know that Scam Likely is uh, not welcome on the podcast. I don't know, Matt. I've got a new uh, thing, a uh, new carrier. And now when I get these crazy bogus calls, it says Scam Likely. So anyway, uh, I'm not going to get scammed today, hopefully. Thank you very much, T-Mobile or whoever you are, Sprint. Um, this is live uh, live podcasting. This is what happens. When you're oh, not yeah. professional like myself, and you don't uh, you don't turn your phone off right before the podcast starts. Anyway, welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am Mark Cook. No, I'm not John Ledyard. We know I'm not Scott Reynolds. I'm not even Taylor Jenkins, but I'm Mark Cook, along with my good friend and colleague, the esteemed Mr. Matthew Matera. Matt, how are you? Hello, sir. I'm doing well. It's great to be talking with you. We've both been on the podcast a lot recently, but not together. Right. So it's nice that we're yeah. doing a joint podcast again. Yeah, here comes a real podcast. We're going to have some real fun. You know what I mean? Not yeah. with the funny daddies, Scott and John. You no know, they're nerd all strict. talk. None of yeah. that. No Wolverine talk. We're going to talk Sopranos. We're going to oh, talk yeah. some, some Mets baseball. Uh, 14 like runs that. last night. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Actually, we're probably not going to talk any of that stuff. No. But as Matt said, not a lot of nerd talk, unless you're a Buccaneer nerd, which we all kind of are. If you're watching this podcast, you're, and then we you're love kind of you. a Buccaneer nerd. But that's okay, because uh, we're we're nerds as well. Matthew Sam says, hey, hey, uh, and dot, dot, dot. So I don't know what he was going to say after that, but hello, Matthew Sams. We've got several people in the podcast right now watching. And of course, Matt. We always start off the podcast talking about our good friends and our terrific sponsor, Celsius. That's right. Matt's got his Celsius. What fellow? That looks like a what flavor? You got a you got a lime, a kiwi in there somewhere. Yeah, it's a kiwi guava. How is the kiwi guava? I like it. I would put it in my top five. My favorite is the uh, the blueberry pomegranate. That one yeah. is great. But the kiwi guava yeah, that is good. It does what it's supposed to do. It gets you ready. It gets you going. And it's funny. I was telling this story on the podcast the other day. I'll I'll say it really quick. I had a friend over, and we were watching uh, the PGA Championship two weeks ago. And he works at a bar close by, so he was going to watch the beginning of it, and then he had to go to work. And golf, you know, it's a little slow. You watch it on a Sunday afternoon. You get a little tired. So he's like a little sleepy. He's like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be ready for work. And he goes, <laughs> hey, you got that Celsius? And I'm like, do I have that Celsius? You do. Bet you have I it. Do. Of course, you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Celsius is great. Listen, whether you know, I know people that are using it first thing in the morning. They've replaced coffee with Celsius. I know people that use it as a pre-workout drink. I know people that, that that take it at night that work different shifts and things like that to keep them awake. Again, the great thing about Celsius is you're not going to get that sugar crash. I and mean, we've all done different energy things. I remember back in the day, I'm taking caffeine pills back in the 80s, right? To stay awake when I had to study and things like that. No more of that. Celsius doesn't have things in it like that. Um, it, but most important, it doesn't have the sugar. I mean, soda, listen, I was a big soda drinker before Celsius came along. But now with Celsius, I don't remember the last time I had a soda. I don't need a soda. I get the flavor, the the the, the beverage that I want without that sugar high and somebody like me who has to check his blood sugar and check it often, Matt, 
I don't need the Celsius. So I've definitely been um, been using the Celsius as a replacement for soda. And we've heard of a lot of people doing that. The great thing about Celsius is you can find it and it's becoming more and more widespread. You can find Celsius uh, at your neighborhood grocery store in most places. You can find it at convenience stores. I was at Wawa the other day. I was at 7-Eleven. I noticed Celsius. I was at Publix. I've seen Celsius. It's funny now that you drink Celsius, you start noticing it more and more and it's popping up everywhere. But if you'd like to get more information on Celsius, you can go to Celsius. Celsius.com purchase, click the Celsius ads on pewterreport.com as well. And, uh, and you can also, um, find out what flavors you like. Uh, one of the good things to do, Matt, that I tell people get the variety pack. It's hard to say, look, you like the blueberry pomegranate. I'm a guava guy. I, I really like the sparkling orange as well. But if you don't know, you know, no need to get 12 or 24 cans of a soda of a flavor that you may not like. So buy the variety pack, decide which one you like, and then you can always just go from there and continue to order. So anyway, we want to thank Celsius for being the title sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Now, Matt, you and I were both out at One Buccaneer Place today, a.k.a. the Advent Health Training Center, and... Um, it was a warm day. I know no one really cares about this, but it, I got we got there a little before ten o'clock. It was a, by the way. Let's just let's just paint the picture for everybody. This was not a normal, um, and I think I called it an OTA. It was a mini camp practice. It was not a normal mini camp practice. It was, as you wrote in the practice report, essentially a Friday practice. Right on Fridays, the team is basically doing some walkthroughs, some small little individual periods, and it's a short practice. And that's what we saw today. Look, these guys had one foot out the door already because they know they've got a nice six-week vacation coming up. So it uh, doesn't mean they didn't work hard for that hour. Bruce Arians was pleased in what he saw today, uh, but it was a shorter practice. There wasn't a whole lot of team 11-on-11, stuff like that. There were some seven-on-seven seven drills, but it was um, but it was a lot different than we've seen the last couple of days. Now, you were out there yesterday as well. So, But would you agree? I mean, this was not your typical uh, a mandatory or mini camp type practice that we saw today. Yeah. Like I said, it, it was essentially a glorified walkthrough and I mean, players didn't even have their helmets on until halfway through the practice. So that's how, you know, and granted that they, they were taking mental reps, I guess would be the best way to say it. You know, they were going through different formations and, and how to react to certain situations. So they were taking practice seriously. There just wasn't a lot of running or any really type of moving going on. And the funny thing too, is, I will say once they started running drills and doing a lot of, they did a lot of red zone and goal line. Uh, the intensity really yeah. went up, you know, it they did. brought it when they were playing. The only problem was, is the majority of that red zone and actually all of it was down on the opposite end of the field from where the media is. They love so to do that, that to us, Matt. What's up? Right. Yeah, and then on top of they that... They love to do that to us. They love to stick yeah. us as far away as possible, for sure. And then you have the players that aren't in on the rep. They're all standing behind the quarterback, pretty much making it like a wall almost. Right. So it, it's very tough to see like who's in on what specific play. So you'd see a touchdown, and I'm like on my tippy toes trying to like crouch yeah. through Tom Brady and, and like someone else to see, like, oh, was that Trask throwing it? Was it Griffin who, who was throwing? But... um. In that area, I, I think we did see a lot of a lot of interesting stuff, and then eventually they went to eleven on elevens, and they came more towards our way, so we were able to see more things. Yeah, on a little that bit time. more there because the players moved out of the way mainly. But you're right. Uh, again, let's paint a picture for people. If you are, if you've been to one Buccaneer place, they would have been on the east field, uh, the farthest east field, and they would have been in the end zone. 
back towards the building and the media would be at the far end of that east end zone. So we were yeah. literally 100 yards away from the action uh, looking back towards the building. There's a pond back there. We're basically standing in front of that fence where the pond is. Uh, so again, it wasn't easy to look. I was really mad, Matt. I grabbed my bag as I was leaving. I grabbed my backpack, take off, get to one buck place, go through the check-in. We still have to do the medical check-in deal and the health questionnaire. Um, we go out to the field and I get set up. I get ready to go. Looking in my bag, my binoculars are not there. Well, for a guy that's half blind already, that's not a good thing. A hundred yards away, looking in the bright sunshine without my binoculars. So thank goodness you were the eyes of Peter Report for the most part today. And you've got a practice report uh, that we've got. We've got it up now. Did you publish it? I uh, just got to put in an image. Okay, you're going to put it in. Yeah, you're going to do that. And uh, people can read everything that happened today in the shorter abbreviated of the yeah. uh, practice today, but we're going to go over some specific things that we saw during that practice today. Uh, one of the things that I think have people excited was the return of Jalen Darden. And uh, he was out. He, he Tell us, tell us what, what happened yesterday uh, and, and talk about his return today, Matt. Yeah. So I was there on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, he didn't practice at all on Tuesday. And Bruce Arian said after that, he had tweaked a hamstring. So Wednesday, he warmed up with the team, but he didn't do any reps, didn't do any of the, uh, you know, the, the strenuous work that went on. But originally, as I said, Arians predicted that Darden would be back for Thursday, and he was there on Thursday, which was really good to see. And even though we said it was mostly a walkthrough, he did participate in full, which was really good to see. I thought another thing that was interesting, too, and we've we've talked about it previously on the podcast as well, is that. When Darden comes back, we weren't sure if he was going to be working with the ones and twos or the threes and fours because they've kind of split that up. Right. Uh, because Jada Mickens had been participating more with the ones and twos, but would he get bumped down? Uh, that wasn't really the case for when Darden returned today. He was mostly working with Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask as his quarterback. He did get a couple of reps in with the ones and twos during that goal line session, and Brady did throw him the ball. Um, unfortunately it was an incomplete pass again. It was too far down the way. I'm not going to say it was Darden's fault or, is it, or it was Brady's fault. We're going to blame Darden. We're not going to blame Tom Brady. The right. Of course. So they Never. did go, uh, he, he did participate with both quarterback or both, you know, teams, I guess you could say, right. Which was an important sign. And I was saying this the other day too, and I, I was telling John this, but I think you would understand it more because you were there with us. The Bucs, the past couple of training camps, have had an issue with their rookies coming in and missing training training camp because of a hamstring injury, and mm -hmm. you see it really hurt their development. Scotty Miller and Anthony yep. Nelson both two years ago had that issue, and then Tyler Johnson last season as well. Sure. And Scotty would be one of the first guys to tell you that it definitely messed with him learning about playing in the NFL. So I hope that doesn't happen with Darden. It was good that he was back today. Now he's going to have a ton of time to rest that injury. Granted, their other injuries were in training camp, so it's a little bit different. But, it, you know, it's something that I think we should at least pay a little bit of attention to when training camp comes around. Yeah. And, and I asked Bruce today if, if they suffered really any injuries at all during the three-day minicamp because we've seen across the NFL, I think it was the 49ers that have lost a couple offensive linemen to the season-ending injuries during their OTAs and, and minicamp. I don't remember which it was, but um, – uh, and so they went ahead and canceled the rest of actually they I believe they suffered those injuries in OTAs and then canceled minicamp. Uh, the Houston Texans have done the same thing. And um, 
you know, I, I, I asked Bruce about that and really they didn't have anything. He said that today that the Jamel Dean might've slightly sprained his knee. And then he quickly said, bruised his knee. Uh, it doesn't seem to be anything serious there, which is good. I mean, you just want to get through these three days um, as unscathed as possible because, you know, in training camp, the injuries are going to pop up because it's long and it's difficult. It's tiring, those kind of things. And there'll be injuries in the preseason, of course, in the regular season. But boy, you sure don't want to lose anybody for a significant amount of time in a mini camp, which again, Bruce Arian said it today, it's important. We need these reps. We need to be on the field together. We need these guys working together. We can't just go out there and win football games. Although I wanted to say when he said that today, Matt, Mm, well, you did last year. It worked out pretty good because you didn't have anything last year, including right. preseason. So, uh, but but I see what he's saying. I mean, he wants his guys out there. But again, you just want to get through this thing. I think that's the number one thing you want to accomplish in these mini camps and OTAs is just to keep guys as healthy as possible. And they did have a, a safety. Um, uh, what's his Riley. name? Curtis Riley yesterday, number 39. I asked Bruce about him. He has a slight Achilles tear, Bruce said. I don't know what that means. Anytime your Achilles gets torn, whether slightly or unslightly or very difficultly or whatever the right word is, um, uh, is, is, um, you know, is not a good thing. You know, he's a guy that when I did the story yesterday on his injury, um, I, I didn't realize he had been in the league since 2015. I mean, this isn't a, a rookie coming into it. And this guy had four interceptions with the giants back in, uh, 2018. I think it was, um, has five career interceptions. So I don't know that he was going to make the football team. I don't know if, you know, he was certainly going to be a depth guy. He wasn't going to break into the starting lineup. Uh, but I hate the fact that he had that Achilles injury. The good news is he's got time to, to rest it, to maybe repair it, but they don't know if it needs surgery yet. But, you know, again, knock on wood. Well, there's no knocking on wood now because it's over. But fortunately, thank goodness for the team and for the organization, they didn't really suffer any major injuries. Garrett Washington says, Leftwich recently said, Darden reminds him of a young AB. Does that slightly worry anybody else? I'll answer first. It doesn't worry me. I mean, I think it's some some – I think it's great encouraging words for a guy like Jalen Darden to have your coach say that. You know what I mean? It may be a pump-up kind of thing. Listen, he's got a lot to prove. I mean, um, a couple of rookie minicamp practices, two OTAs, and three uh, practices during minicamp is not going to put him in the league of, of Antonio Brown. That's just you know not, not even fair to the kid to do that comparison, to be honest with you. But maybe it's just a, hey, let's pump up this kid a little bit. I guess maybe they see some of the – similarities in his ability to stop, cut, move, you know, lateral movements and things like that after he catches the ball, unlike a guy like Scotty Miller, who's a straight speed guy, right? He's going to go north-south as fast as possible. Darden's a speed guy, probably not quite as fast straight line speed as 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 Scotty Miller, but what he does have is that ability to move laterally after you catch the ball, to stop and start, to yeah. be the – uh, R1X on PlayStation on your Madden game or whatever it is where you make these insane moves and things like that. But again, he's got so much to prove, but he will be a very fun guy, in my opinion, Matt, to watch when training camp rolls around in late July. Yeah, absolutely. As far as on the field, there wouldn't be anything you would want to worry about him getting compared to Antonio Brown. It's like off the field stuff that you don't want a, a, a comparison <laughs> to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely not that. No. But Darden is is an interesting player because he's similar. I think he's most similar to Brown in the way that he's able to make people miss, and that's a, pretty much what you alluded to when you're talking about that right there. And both Darden and Brown are similar hybrid receivers, specifically for this Bucks offense, where it's like, okay, 
you got Mike Evans lined up outside. You know Scotty Miller's role. He's going to line up outside and go deep. And you have Chris Godwin in the slot. He can go over the middle. Brown and Darden are players that can do both. We've seen Brown be the number one guy in like the Steelers offense, but he had to adjust to a role coming to the Bucs. And he played more towards the inside as well if they asked him to do that. I see Darden being that similar type of role where he will line up if that's what the play calls for, but they'll also move him into the middle. And I also think, too, Darden can really be used in a role where they get him some unique-looking screens or maybe they'll line him up in the backfield. Because remember, they did something like that in the Super Bowl with Scotty Miller, and it it didn't work. It was like a five-yard loss. But that's not really Scotty's MO. We know what Scotty's going to do. He has an established role on this team to be the deep threat for the Bucs. But I think Darden brings another dynamic to this offense that's already extremely talented. But he can do a little different thing here and there that the Bucks offense hasn't seen yet. Well, and you know what, though, though, Matt, I, and, and I think we've, we've probably, I don't say we, but you know, we might be getting too excited about a guy that may not even see the field or dress at times. I mean, I think we, he makes the football team and if he wins the kick return battle, then of course he's going to dress every game. But as far as being in specific offensive packages, who are you going to sit down for Darden? I mean, are you going to take Mike Evans off the field? Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. I mean, Tyler Johnson is going to be fighting for reps this year. Um, I think it's going to be tough for him to even see the field from an offensive standpoint. I think he does end up eventually winning the kick return duty. Uh, but again, that's all going to be determined in how he does in the in training camp and certainly preseason. Um but, I mean, let's remember, I mean, this guy was a day three pick. I mean, this wasn't a first or a second round guy uh, for a reason. And, um, you know, I don't want us to pump up Darden too much, to be honest with you. But he is an intriguing guy to watch. But I, I just, I, you know, his time will come down the road. I don't think we should be able, we should be expecting no, a whole lot I offensively agree. from Jalen Darden I meant this more, year. I meant more towards, like, you know, if a player is out and he has to step into yeah. a larger role or, yeah, and, a year and, 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 and there may right be away. some and there may be. And, and I wasn't I wasn't really throwing that towards you, just myself and, and yeah. really all the Pew reports, Steph, and, and the and the readers and the listeners. As I, as I read the comments, it's a lot about Darden here. Um, you know, we can talk about Darden, but let's not forget about the Mike Evans and the Chris Goblins and the Antonio Browns of the world that uh, yeah. are the established proven players in the NFL. And we're sitting there spending a lot of time talking about a kid that, you know, probably sees the ball, you know, four or five times on, on kick returns a game, and that may be it. He may get a couple touches. Um, they may create some different packages for him. But, again, his time is down the road, in my opinion. Long lost Glazer. This guy's always giving me stuff. Mark's 1996 picture with Tom McEwen. By the way, I have a new column up today. It's a throwback Thursday. I haven't done one of those in a while, but I always use a photo of myself and Tom McEwen. Uh, in that it has a real Chris Farley O'Doyle family from Billy Madison vibe could have been a mid nineties extra in any comedy movie. I find that extremely offensive long lost Glazer. No, I don't. Uh, that's true. I, I was very, very uh, Farley esque back in the, uh, in the nineties and uh, RIP to Chris Farley. He was a good guy. And I think uh, when did Farley die, like 97, something like that. So anyway, yeah. But anyway, that's my. Uh, but if people get a chance to check it out, what I wrote in this week's column, Matt, was um, just some of my memorable things, and I did that because last week in the hook column, the, uh, I do a little section at the end called Cannon Blast, just some little blurbs and stuff. And in that, I put my least five player favorite players to cover uh, as a reporter over the last eleven years. Well, this time I went back through the last twenty five years where I've covered this team on and off. Now, Scott's done it full-time for, for 25 years. I've just done it 
on and off. I worked part-time for Pewter Report, which was Buccaneer Magazine back in the day. And then I had about a, I don't know, 10, 12 year stint where I didn't do anything. And then I've, the last 11 years, uh, I've been back full-time. But um, but in this week, I, I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly that I've seen. And I'll let people read it. We won't really dig into it too much if people want to read it. Uh, as I mentioned, I'll be leaving on vacation tomorrow. Um, I tried to come up with something all day yesterday, some brilliant Pulitzer Prize winning analytical um, earth shattering news piece, Matt. Nope, just wasn't there. So I had to go back to a fallback, just the uh, old guy talking about the old days. Back in my day, I remember when Leroy Selman roamed the field, which I do, which is kind of sad. But anyway, long lost Glazer, thanks for for the rip there. I don't know if that's a rip. I'm, I'm a big Chris Farley fan. Look, I mean, you know, Who doesn't love Chris Farley? Tommy well, Boy? Great Tommy movie. Boy, that's one of the best ever. I mean, his days on Saturday Night Live were just absolutely brilliant. Uh, anyway, we're not going to go terribly long on this podcast, but we, we do want to talk about one of our good sponsors that will go long for you, Matt. I don't know if that makes any sense. Briar Greaves Insurance. Briar Greaves has been around for over 30 years. That's a long time. In case you didn't notice that, Briar Greaves has been around for 30 years. They're Buccaneer fans, but they were doing something right. You don't stay in business, Matt, for 30 years if you're not doing something right. And what I love about Briar Greaves is the personal service and attention to detail that you get from the agency. Again, you're not just covering, calling an 800 number, not having any idea where you're going to be routed to. When you call 813-876-4166, it's going to go to Henderson Boulevard or Avenue in Tampa. You're going to talk to somebody in the office, maybe Diana, maybe Sam, maybe Briar himself. Ask for one of those three, and you're going to get excellent customer service. Myself, Scott Reynolds, we're both customers. Matt, we got to get you on the train. I'm sure you need some renter's insurance. I mean, I know you live in a fancy South Tampa Hyde Park uh, you know, complex, which you probably don't need any renter's insurance for. But if you do, Briar Greaves is the place to go not just for homeowners or renter's insurance, but for your automobile needs. All of us drive a vehicle. Well, most of us, if you don't have a DUI and don't have your license revoked, but if you're like the normal people listening to this podcast, you drive a vehicle, you need car insurance, let them save you some money. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. It's only going to take about 10, 15 minutes to find out though. But if you could put $300 in your pocket a year or even more, wouldn't you do that? Isn't that worth 15 minutes of your time? Give Sam, give Briar a crawl, call or a crawl. Uh, 813-876-4166, 813-876-4166, our good friends, Briar Greaves. We've got a lot of comments coming in. I promise we'll get to some of these. One of them that we had up just a second ago, uh, how did Evans do? Uh, you know, you wrote about it again in the practice report that people can check out on pewterreport.com. Bruce Arian said Mike Evans looked outstanding and to be in the best shape that he's been in since Bruce has been here for this time of year. Um, that's good. I mean, Mike, I, I was joking with you that, you know, during the, you know, after Mike runs a long route, he taps his helmet and comes off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I jokingly said, you know, he's the least cardiovascular 3% body fat guy, world-class athlete in the world. I don't know if that's true. That's not fair to say that. I was just joking when I said that, but, uh, Bruce talked about his, his, his being in shape this year. Um, uh, Bruce also talked about some guys that weren't in as good a shape as that he liked. But let's talk about Mike Evans first. Just a tremendous day today. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine this guy's going into his eighth season now. And Matt, I don't think he's slowing down. I mean, we haven't seen any sign of Mike Evans slowing down at all. Now, he had some injury situations last year, but he still battled and got that 1,000 yards for the seventh straight season to, to break Mandy, Randy Moss's record or Mandy Ross. 
uh, Randy Moss's record. And um, and I, I I don't see any reason other than injury that Mike Evans doesn't make it eight straight years with a thousand yards, particularly with what we saw from these three days minicamp. Yeah, and you see with Evans how great of a player he is when he's fully healthy. And like he's still putting up numbers knowing that he's got nagging injuries and like really bad injuries. Remember, he got hurt the last game of the season. We didn't even know if yeah. he was going to play in that wild card. Yeah, round. exactly. And then he went out and I think he got close to 100 yards or over 100 yards and, you know, was the top target and just played a great game. But as far as minicamp goes, my. Tom Brady was throwing the ball all over the place. He was sharing the wealth. He threw, uh, he scored, he threw five touchdown passes to five different receivers. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. But even with that, Evans was still his top guy. Evans was the guy that he was throwing the most to. He had multiple touchdowns. There was one that was great. It was over in the left corner of the end zone. And you could see right as Mike broke, Brady was going right to him. They just have this chemistry already just from one season. They know Brady knows where Mike is going to be at all times. And Mike knows when to turn his head around. And it was just like poetry in motion. You yeah. know, it was so fluid. He just caught it easily. The defender didn't even have a chance because Brady put it in the right spot. And it, it you know, it's no surprise that Mike led the team in touchdowns last year with 13 touchdowns. 12 of them came from Brady. There was one from Blaine Gabbard. I want to point that out because I put that in the article. Yeah, you did put that in a nice. Yeah, and then another two in in the postseason. But you just see why. Just the work ethic that both of them both of them have is incredible. And then Mike made another great play too with Carlton Davis guarding him, the team's best cornerback. Right. They both ran down the sidelines on the right side of the field. About I'd say I don't know about like fifteen to twenty yards down the field. It was a pretty long play, and Mike was able to in like midair adjust and catch the ball catch the ball towards his outside shoulder. It was a great adjustment. Just one of those just typical vintage yeah. Mike Evans plays where he he's just going to beat you one-on-one -on -one because he's a vertical player like that. And again, Carlton had really good coverage, and he was so mad after the play too, <laughs> which unfortunate for Carlton, but you you just love to see that that competition and uh, you know not willing to let up a yard even though you're – your teammates and you're all working together to win a Super Bowl. One last thing, real quick, too. Mike had a comment when he spoke to the media after I thought it was interesting. He was talking about that the team is still pretty fresh because they just played in February, which normally I think that's the opposite. The longer you go, you're going to be tired and stuff. But the more I thought about it, he had an interesting point where. You know, since they were playing in February, they didn't have that much time off. Sometimes when you have too much time off, you really like get out of rhythm and you kind of got to get back to square one and really get back to basics. These guys just needed a little bit time off to heal from their injuries and recover and take a little time off. But they were still, for the most part, in game shape and ready to go. And I think that's what you've seen with these three practices, that it's been all go, 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 because these guys have been ready. Yeah, and, and you know, I also think that that what Mike said there makes some sense in the fact that um, it gave them an extra month of football that they wouldn't have had normally, right? I mean, they were already screwed yeah. because of COVID last year by missing the offseason and not having a preseason, a brand-new quarterback stepping in, trying to learn a brand-new offense. So that extra month of playoff football uh, gave them time to get into a better chemistry and a better rhythm. And then, like you said, they haven't had the longest 
of gaps as they've had in years past. So, um, you know, it, it's really scary. And again, I don't want to jinx this football team that um, I, I don't know if any team has been poised better to repeat a Super Bowl championship. And I've said it often. And I was asking to ask Tom Brady about this yesterday, but they didn't get to my question. But it will be my first question when we get Brady. Uh, when training camp starts, but it will be my question is, um, you know, Tom knows that as good as he was in 20 years, he only won back-to-back Super Bowls once. Now, he had an opportunity in two or three other years to do that. Giants cost him two of those opportunities to win back-to-backs. But um, but my question to him is, is I want to know, is, is this the most talented team that you had as far as returning? And, um, and I don't see, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know that there's much of a question to that. Now he may not say that because he doesn't want to come across like some of maybe his Patriots teams weren't as good. Um, but, but I, I this team is scary in, in the fact that they brought everybody back for the first time since I think it was 1979 with the Pittsburgh Steelers bringing all starters back. I mean, we're talking in the modern age of football, but it hasn't happened. I don't consider 79 the modern age of football. They were still running Franco Harris 43 times a game. So uh, I'm talking about in a, in a passing type NFL, a free agency world, um, you know, where the league has made things uh, more easily for teams to get good quick, things like that. The ability to bring back all 22 guys, to bring back depth pieces um, and, uh, you know, and guys in their prime. This isn't this isn't a situation where again Tom Brady. Okay, I, how do you say last year wasn't he wasn't in his prime? He won a Super Bowl. I mean, you don't he's do that by accident. Second most touchdowns in his career. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hard to think of a forty-three-year-old man in his prime. But who knows? I mean, he's as good as he was last year in his prime. Does that continue? I don't know. But you're talking about an offensive line that's in their prime. You're talking about a defense that's in their prime. A good mix of young and old, and it balances out to, I think, the perfect recipe for this team being uh, Super Bowl champions again. And again, doing it is hard. It's not easy. If it was, teams would do it all the time. The Patriots did it once. Before that, you got to go back to the 90s when the Broncos did it. So it's not a very easy task. But I think it's, you know, it's just mind-boggling when you think about how good this football team can be. And it can be better than last year. And last year was a dominating 31 to nine victory against what I thought was the best team in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark, just think about it. Their entire secondary, at least their starters, are on rookie contracts. <laughs> on yeah. rookie contracts. Yeah. Yeah. And Devin Everybody. White is still on a rookie contract. And Vita yeah. Bay is on the last year of his. Right. And I think right. it's so impressive, too. We, we've talked about ad nauseum about bringing back all 22 starters and a lot of key guys. But I think what is so impressive about that, too, is that they did it under a salary cap that was way less than anyone had projected it to be because of COVID and everything. So they did it on a shorter salary cap. Now, granted, it's going up next year, but they're going to be in a similar situation next year. But that's next year's problem. I think that's almost just as impressive that they were dealing with much less money. Now, you could argue that, okay, well, every team has to deal with that. So therefore... They weren't able to like shell out more money for other free agents in the past where like you win a Super Bowl and someone really gets the bag. Yeah, there's a there's a small part to that, but mostly I think everything they did, you may never see something like that again. Yeah. It's really amazing. Flash Gordon says the tight ends alone are scary. If Howard stays healthy, Gronk looks flat out better than last year. These two tight ends alone can win the Super Bowl for the Bucks this year. Look, 
that was something we haven't even brought up. O.J. Howard was back. Finally, we saw O.J. Howard on the field. Now, he wasn't practicing, but he was running. He looks healthy. I follow O.J. on social media. He's been posting a lot of things this year, so I know that he's been recovering well from that Achilles injury, and it's usually a 10 to 12-month time frame, and um, you know, to be a hundred percent, depending on the severity of it, but we know he had to have yeah. surgery on it. So it was a, it was a severe injury, but, uh, looks like he's ahead of schedule being out there on the field, being part of the team. It's a big year for OJ Howard. We've talked about that num- numerous times on the podcast and written about it. Um, what is OJ's role this year? That's the question. I mean, I think last year he was tied in one. Well, we know he was early on and Gronk was, you know, going to be used offensive as kind of tackle. that blocking guy and, and an extra offensive tackle. And, uh, and when OJ went down, Rob really, uh, you know, stood out and, um, and stepped up his game and, and, and turned out to be tied in one. But what about OJ Howard? What is his role in this football team? And we're going to assume he's going to stay healthy for 17 games. I'm just knocked on wood just in case. Not that I'm superstitious, but I hate it for OJ because three of his four years he's landed on IR. I mean, this is a big year. He's in, he's playing on his fifth year option. And, um, you know, he's at a crossroads, not necessarily in his NFL career, because if the Buccaneers were to decide to move on or decide they they, they want to do something else to tie it in, um, O.J. Howard will play in this league for another five or, or, or six years. I don't think there's any question as long as he doesn't suffer any significant – I mean, as long as he returns from that Achilles and, and he doesn't suffer any other significant injury um, – you know, he's good enough to play for a long time left in this league. But, you know, where does he fit on this offense? What is his role going to be? I mean, I would hate – Matt, you're, you're a fantasy football guy. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fantasy football guy. But if I'm drafting tight ends, I'm, I'm not drafting O.J. Howard, not because I don't think he could be a potential number one. I just think the ball is going to be shared by too many receivers, including he and Gronk. And so I don't even know what he projects out. But um, anyway, your thoughts on O.J. Howard being back, looking healthy – and, uh, and and what's his role going to be on this football team this year, in your opinion? Yeah, it was great to see him running on the field today. It, it's super encouraging, given the injury history that you were just talking about. You look, you look back at last season, up until he got hurt, he was, put it this way, Cam Brayton never saw the field when O.J. Howard was healthy. That's true. So I think in a situation like that for this year, has OJ earned the right to just be the number one and number two guy? I don't necessarily think so because Cam Bright did a good job. I think OJ will be given that number one or number two tight end opportunity. Now, the Bucks use both of their tight ends a lot, so it doesn't really matter if you're the number one or number two. And I also think as well, Gronk was so valuable to them last year, but I don't think they can just bank on, okay, Gronk, can play every single snap and he's going to play all 17 games this year. I think at some point Gronk's going to need a little, you know, just a couple of reps off or plays off in a game, by the way, let's not forget. There's an extra game this year. I mean, they're going to have to kind of, you know, I I hate to use save these guys, but there are a few guys, the older guys, Gronkowski, JPP that, uh, that maybe you, 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 you don't play. I mean, if they're questionable, why, why put them out there? Right. Right. You know, cut down their snaps by like 10 or something like that. I'm not saying completely get them out of the game. So I think for OJ, a lot of it's going to come down to how he looks in training camp. Does he look like the OJ Howard that we know and that we've been accustomed to? And if that's the case, I think they slide him right in there as the one or two tight end, depending on what the game plan is that week. I mean, he's yeah. so talented and so skilled, and he was doing pretty well in the small sample size 
we saw with him and, and Tom Brady. So I don't think it's out of the question that he can regain the uh, the, the production that he had. Sorry, uh, the dog's barking in the background, and I don't know what to do okay. because this is uh, live, uh, live, live podcasting. Um, anyway, what? Where did it go, Matt? Hang on, I had something I wanted to show you. Hmm. I may have lost it here. Where is it? Is it football oh, related or? Well, you know what? It's hair related, Matt. Uh, oh, here it is. I think I'm just going to trim my nose hairs for the rest of the podcast. What do you think? No, probably. I think everyone will instantly log off, but uh... <laughs> numbers are dropping as we speak. But you know what that is, Matt? That's the nose and ear hair trimmer from our good friends at Manscaped. Guess what? Father's Day is coming up. You don't want to have a hairy dad, do you, Matt? Do we really want a hairy father? Maybe you no. will buy it for yourself if, if your wife or your kids don't want to buy it for you. But anyway, listen. Today's episode sponsored by our good friends at Manscaped. With Father's Day just around the corner, you probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Well, that means there's four of these things that have come out. 4.0 and the Ultra Smooth Package. You know what they say. Like father, like son. That's kind of awkward. Anyway, you want dad to be trimmed up for mom. I don't know if you do or not. I don't really want to think about it. But listen, it's not the 1970s anymore. It's 2021. It's time to get with the program, Dad. We need to take care of our hygiene for our lady friends who would appreciate it. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0, an ultra smooth package, is the perfect gift for you and for the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. And the best thing about it, Matt, is you can get not one, not five, not 10, not even 15, but 20% off Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com, manscaped with a D.com. Use the promo code Pewter and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. I'm going to say it. I use the product. I have no nose hairs anymore, Matt. It's amazing. It tickles a little bit, but it kind of is that good tickle. You ever get those? You know, when you get the back of your neck shaved, when you when you get a haircut, that ah feeling. That's kind of what this does in the nose or even in the air. And Matt, let me just tell you something. You're not old enough for this to happen. But the older you get, the less hair is on your head. When you start losing on your head, God, in his infinite wisdom and the cruel joke that he tends to play on us, has it growing in different places including the ear. Yeah. I was looking in the mirror the other day when I was shaving and I thought I was missing whisker hairs. There's actually hairs coming out of the ear. Yeah, I know it's gross. That's what this does. Same thing with nose hairs. Our body will just start popping out brand new hairs. Go to Manscaped, free shipping, promo code pewter, manscaped.com. Proud sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. How's your manscaping going, Matt? Solid. Yeah, I think I do a pretty good job. You know, it took me a little while to get used to it. I'm I'm an old guy, but it's a lot different in the crop preserver and the uh, and, and the ball tonic that we use. I don't have to bathe sometimes for three or four days. Just spray a little of that on there and off I go. Just the uh, boxer briefs are great, day. too. I'm a big fan of the Manscaped boxer briefs. 
Yeah, those are nice. Very nice. And uh, Russell Weeks is complaining that we're going too long on this commercial. Mark using the lawnmower. Never mind. Too much information. Yeah, listen, man. I, again, I'm trying to get with the program here. I don't want to be known as the old guy uh, forever. So I'm trying to stay with the trends. But it is a good trend. And it would be a good gift for your dad. Just, you know, you don't need to show him how to use it. He'll figure it out on his own. All right. Anything else we need to talk about, Matt? We've uh, we've went about 40 minutes here. Let me look on our list of things that I had because I'm real yeah, professional. Um, I can't remember. Go ahead. You've got some, just a few got some things thoughts. I'll run through. Uh, Ross Cockrell had an interception again today. He also had one on Tuesday. I thought he's had a really good camp, one of the better defensive players that uh, that we've seen. And he's really pushing the envelope to get more playing time. He'll get special teams playing time, but as that uh, – you know, as that slot corner that he played a little bit last year when SMB was struggling. So I thought Cockrell had a really good day. Uh, Grant Stewart, the rookie linebacker, had another in interception. So that was something to look at. A really fun battle. I know before we talked about Mike Evans and Carlton Davis, a really great battle that I think is going to be awesome to watch in training camp. We saw a little bit today. It was Devin White guarding Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. So we're talking about speed versus speed. I think that's going to be a great matchup to watch. Um, Devin White got the better of him today. He the, the pass went to Bernard, and he cut in front and knocked it away. So right now it's one nothing Devin White over Bernard, but to be continued with that. And then also Brady, the touchdowns, most of the people he threw them to, we know. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cam Brate, Leonard Fournette. But the other one was to Travis Johnson, and that's a trend we've been seeing where Brady really hit it off with Jaden Mickens the other day in, in uh, minicamp. And today, mm -hmm. he Evans was his top guy, but he was also connecting a lot with Travis Johnson. And that was really fun to see because Johnson is a player that Jason Light was actually talking about months ago. He said he's really excited to see what Johnson can bring to this team. Um, Yeah, that was mostly it. And then... Gabbert was kind of inconsistent again, but nothing really to worry about. Kyle Trask, again, I think in the goal line and red zone, he started out a little slow, a couple incompletions, but then he really started picking it up again. He threw a touchdown pass to Tanner Hudson and uh, CJ Proceis and was getting better as it went. And that's another thing that Bruce Aarons talked about in his uh, post-practice. I was about to say his post-practice podcast, but it's not a podcast. It's just an interview. Right. And he was saying that the game is getting quicker for him, but he's keeping up with it too. So another great sign for Kyle Trask. And overall, just a, a great mini camp, I would say, over these three practices. A lot of competition. And nobody got hurt. That's my yeah. big thing. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in mini camps, OTAs, different things. We've seen it across the league already this year, injuries and things like that. Uh, anyway, this team is, again, as we mentioned earlier, poised to – do some very, very special things. Now, if it pans out, who knows? Because injuries can derail things. Uh, attitudes of players. Bruce didn't mention today. One thing that I really caught my attention was him mentioning there were some guys that, that weren't in as good a shape as he would have liked to have seen over these last three days. Um, I don't want to chalk that up to complacency. I don't want to chalk it up to, well, we're the Super Bowl champions, things like that. And he wouldn't point out who they were specifically. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, hopefully everybody takes this next six weeks and and they get on board because um you know th there are some guys in this team that that haven't 
Well, there's a lot of guys in this team up until last year that had no idea what it took to win a Super Bowl or to get to the playoffs. Uh, having Tom Brady around, having Rob Gronkowski, veteran guys, JPP, uh, they're going to hold these guys accountable. So uh, you want to be accountable not only to your coaching staff and to your fan base, but to your fellow players as well. So hopefully everybody comes into camp in as good a shape as they can. If not, Bruce Arians is going to get them in shape. He's already said this is going to be a hell of a train camp. So, uh, and if the heat is any indication like it was today, it was a warm one. We were standing there for Bruce today. I was like, okay, this is Florida <laughs> weather now. So, mm-hmm. anyway, but uh, anyway, I, I hope that uh, everybody comes back in shape. Uh, and as we know, listen, guys that are out of shape, those are the guys that tend to get injured the most too, as well during camps, you know, with soft tissue injuries and things like that. So, hopefully that doesn't happen. But this team is poised to do special, special things this year. Um, let's go ahead and wrap it up, Matt. I appreciate everybody listening. We had a lot of great comments and things like that. Just know that if we didn't put them up, we were reading them and we appreciate the back and forth from you guys. We hope people will go to pewreport.com, read Matt's practice report, read my throwback Thursday column that I wrote today, talking about the good, bad, and the downright ugly that I've seen covering this team, uh, over the last 25 years on and off, including the last 11 full time. Check that out. If you will. Now, We'll be back next week. Uh, I will actually be on vacation. So it'll be John and Matt and some different guests that the guys will have next week. Uh, We won't have anything Buccaneer to be able to watch until training camp comes around July 24th when things get underway. Ring ceremony a couple days before that. I wonder if we're going to get invited to that, Matt. You think? I I was curious. As yeah, yeah, as for a a media type of thing, I'm not sure. I wonder if I wonder if we'll get any rings ourselves. You know, for media, (laughs) doing a great job. No, we're not going to get a a fifty thousand dollar Super Bowl ring. That's okay, but it would be cool to go to the ceremony and kind of see the guys' reaction and things like that. But anyway, uh, listen. Just because there's nothing going on on the field for the next six weeks doesn't mean Pewter Report's going to sleep. We're going to be pumping out terrific content with our weekly columns and things like that. Scott will have his Fab Five tomorrow. Um, my column's up today. Uh, John had his uh, briefing on Tuesday. Uh, Matt has the practice report up today. I think even um, – was it yesterday or t- you did another one this week too? Did a really good job on those. Thank we you, appreciate yeah. your hard work on those things. We're going to have a ton of great content. More importantly, though, I say more importantly, but just as importantly, the podcast doesn't stop. There'll be four per week uh, from now until forever. Well, till uh, the good Lord returns. But uh, we're going to keep pumping out these podcasts. We want people to continue to watch. Make sure you go to pewterreport.com, check out the website. And, and one thing I do want to say, please, please patronize our sponsors because they're the ones that make all this happen. If you enjoy what we do, we will not be able to continue to do it without the sponsors at pewterreport.com. And if you have a business or you work for a business that may look may need some advertising, maybe you're coming out of the pandemic and, and your business could use a boost, pewterreport.com has terrific rates. Obviously, we have a, a huge reach, uh, a, a very vast, wide audience, terrific demographics. Check us out. You can email myself, Mark, at pewterreport.com. You can email Matt. What's your email, Matt? Matt at pewterreport.com. You can email Scott. You can email John, whoever you like the most. Let us help you out and uh, and, and help us um, you know, keep things going here at pewterreport.com. Anyway, for Scott, who's still on the injured reserve, praying in all seriousness for a uh, return to health for him, for John Ledyard, who needed a day off, for Matt Matera, I'm Mark Cook, saying we'll see you next week with another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. What up, Dad? Good luck in your golf tournament this weekend. Out. <laughs>